Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. And I'm Thomas the Third. We're them damn Indians at Talk Jive Radio. And today we have a very special guest online with us is Travis Ruiz, a legislator for the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you. How are y'all? Excellent. Now, um, remind us what district that you represent. I represent Arapaho District 3. And I, I got to tell you, I was really impressed uh, about this time last year when everything really kind of started kicking off with COVID-19. Uh, here in Western Oklahoma, the CNAs really were the ones that that had the, I would say, the most coordinated response that, that made sense. <laughs> and so um, from, from that time, how have... Um, how, what did you guys do at that time to kind of plan for this recovery phase and to get this vaccine out? Well, we initially started with, you know, like everybody trying to figure out what type of strategic plan you could put in place for something like a, you know, a pandemic. And so it was kind of like, you know, we really didn't have like a comprehensive plan in place, like a lot of people. So we had to uh, begin with meeting every week. We started doing that when getting our legislators to meet along with the, you know, the emergency medical response, the governor and, and things like that, because everybody is in different places in our community. So we, we all have to bring different input. So that way we can, you know, better address uh, these issues that we have. But moreover in um, how we're planning on doing this vaccine, we've been utilizing our IHSs to have like a drive-through system kind of set up kind of like mimicking Chick-fil-A in a way, you know, we have a station for this, station for this, and then one for the shot. And, um, but with these vaccines that we have coming in now, we're actually seeking the local churches, kind of like what we did for our, um, like food box giveaways and PPE giveaways. We was given sanitizer, masks, et cetera. So we're kind of doing the same thing for distributing these uh, vaccinations where we're able to get them in, uh, to remote places where people might not have access to go to Clinton or these other main IHS facilities. So right now that's what we're, our primary focus is on is getting people vaccinated, of course, but trying to educate our members to let them know that it's something that's going to be beneficial, but at the same time, you know, nobody likes to get vaccines. So it's kind of a, we're still trying to figure that part out. Do y'all have some sort of coordinated response with IHS that's um, encouraging your tribal members to get vaccinated? Because as natives, we don't we don't trust vaccines. We don't trust the government. We don't trust IHS. <laughs> we don't trust IHS either. So um, how are you encouraging, uh, especially the people in your district and your constituency, the value of, of making sure that they're vaccinated and and to get signed up to do that? Yeah, um, we just want our mostly, you know, through I, I believe we had a local artist do some like pictures, you know, that encouraged, you know, social distancing, washing hands. But, you know, like you said, the building that trust there between the IHS and the communities kind of like, you know, do I need to get it or do I not need to get it? But we're trying to bring it in a light of a way that's like, you know, if, if you get the virus, then you won't die from it if you take the shot. But at the same time, you know, they're, all of that's still kind of like up in the air. So it, it's been tricky for sure. Um, I know when we opened up in Watonga last week, we had shots available on site. So people who, they, they were literally in the lines to get free play and they were asking, 
hey, have you got your shot? And some people literally like they come past me and I got the first dose and I'm waiting here like to get my second one. And so they're asking, you know, have you got your first shot? And I'm like, well, no, I don't need a shot. But every person behind me and before me were all like, no, we don't want it. We're just here for the free play. And they're like, come on, you get extra $20 free play if you go get the shot. And everybody's, no, I don't want to go get that. So it, it's definitely tricky, um, you know, trying to, trying to educate our people. And a lot of people from what I've encountered from my district have the thoughts of along the lines of, you know, if everybody else gets vaccinated, then I won't need to. But, you know, it's kind of like saying if everybody else wears a mask, I don't need to. But, you know, it only works if we all, you know, work together and have that understanding that, you know, even though it might be a small, you know, factor in the whole equation of things, it's it's going to help make a difference because we're all, you know, in this together. You know, as we all know, you know, the, the virus, it doesn't discriminate, you know, whether you're, you know, Native American, you're white, you're, you're Latino, whatever, or even religious, it doesn't, it does not discriminate. So we've come to all, you know, deal with some form of death in our communities. You know, I know there's people in Clinton community that like, I was literally listening to the radio and it like, it was like the president or somebody died, like they stopped, you know, there was no music playing. It was, it kind of sounded kind of ominous in a way, but it was, you know, talking about a community member that had passed away who was I guess real notable in the area and I didn't I didn't know them and everybody knew them but I just thought you know how how cool would that be if they was you know more you know I don't know like able to get that message across without somebody died get the shot you know just educate our people and let them know you know that's you know on a bigger grand scheme of things but with our community for sure it's been a uh a challenge trying to get our people to want to go get this shot. I believe we've had more, more non-tribal members in the area that are willing to take the shot than we do have tribal members that want to go and take the shot. Primarily, it's mostly our elders that we've been setting up, you know, uh, locations for them to get their shots. But 18 to 54, it's like, nah, I I don't, I don't, I don't want to get it. Now, where, where do you get these free, these free plays at for getting a shot? <laughs> and yeah. are they retroactive for any damn ending anywhere? <laughs> I believe it was up there at Watonga when they, they were having the grand opening for a casino up there. So, yeah, I mean, if, if that's, you know, if that's how we should do it, then I think, you know, let's, let's figure out how we can get it done. But on a serious note, um, how do you, encourage tribal members because i mean we're in southwest oklahoma and let's face it there are a lot of non-believers in in the virus there are a lot of anti-vaxxers there are a lot of really religious people and i say radical because it's it's they're radical about not not believing in covid and being anti-vaxxers and not wearing masks so and and there our our communities are are completely integrated with with these with these types of non-believers so how are you and and the the rest of the 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 nation how are you um encouraging that um i guess that overall inoculation for 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 everyone because it's like you said the tribal members are are kind of iffy with it but the community members are more receptive so is that something that y'all are moving to is to 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 help vaccinate everyone you know it, it's kind of like one of those things where 
you know, you tell this group of people one thing and, and they're like, okay, yeah, let's go for it. But then this other group just kind of like, you know, no, we don't want to do that. And how I think we're trying to be more mindful is we started with the elders for one thing, because it seems like, you know, we get our elders taken care of then, then the younger ones or younger tribal members, you know, will kind of follow suit. Like my grandma, she was like, where do I go? She was calling me every day. Where do we go? How do we get the shot? And we're like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it. But um, what the way I see us trying to figure out how we can get more of our people vaccinated is through these uh, churches, through the communities, you know, through these Indian Baptist church, like in Weatherford, we set up uh, at the Indian Baptist church next week with our emergency management, Alan Fletcher. We were coordinating because he was asking, you know, you always have these drive-throughs for the boxes. I wonder, you know, who are your contacts? So we just kind of, you know, corresponded that way. But, you know, a lot of people, and I say like a lot of people, but, you know, we're talking about religious people not wanting to, you know, wear masks and, um, you know, anymore. I think it's just leading by example. I went to a birthday party. I won't go too deep into details, but about three or four days ago. And, um, you know, my family drove to, was Oklahoma City, I think it's called Shiki or something. It's like a hibachi something, but we're the only ones, we come from Weatherford, or Clinton, and me, myself, my dad, and my mom were the only ones out of our whole family that had masks on. And everybody's just looking at us like, you know, why do y'all have those on? And we're like, I didn't feel no way. I didn't even notice after a while, but I could tell people around were kind of like, I wonder if they're sick. And, you know, I wonder what's going on, but we're like, you know, we, we, we should all be wearing masks, but, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, because you can give people a mask, you can give them all the supplies in the world, but if they feel like, you know, this isn't nothing that can affect me, then, you know, it's kind of like. They still to... wear it underneath their nose, too. Like, Yeah, or wear it like way down here. <laughs> As a beard. Yeah. And okay, so so let's um, let's talk about a couple of things that I've been dying to talk to you about because as one of the younger leaders here in Indian country, I know that a lot of a lot of people are looking toward you and and our younger leadership for guidance in this holy new era of technology in this holy new era of response. So how what are the kinds of things that you're trying to do? in your district that's that's helping your people stay informed and that's using um your 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 um knowledge and 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 comfort with technology to to boost that message to your people who don't have access to that well it's mostly um like it said through the elders like everybody's you know, has an aunt or somebody who has Facebook and they're, they're usually the ones who will let us know, you know, hey, my nephew doesn't have Facebook or my granddaughter doesn't ever get on there. There's a lot of people. And so, you know, I, I like to just try to relay the message, you know, if, here's my contact. If they need to contact me for, you know, mask, sanitizer, whatever have you, or even just information if we're offering a service. Um, you talked about technology and one of the ways that we've been able to help mitigate COVID you know, without person-to-person -person contact was we made these applications for our services made available through, I believe it's called job form, but it's just basically like a link. And, um, you know, we, we, we've been meeting these last, you know, it seems like forever, but it's this last Wednesday, we moved to every other Wednesday now, but um, that was one of the ways we were able to help, 
you know, get uh, applications out to people was, and it, believe it or not, like there was application turnarounds to like 4,000 in one day, a couple days. And we're like, you know, we only have 12,000 members and, you know, 7,000 of them are 18, but when over half apply for this assistance you're offering, it's kind of like, wow, you know, that's a, it's a big turnaround. And a lot of the ways that I've been trying to look for in my district for how we're going to move forward with this new COVID and technology and everything is we have, you know, there's going to be like Easter coming up and in the past we've done things like, you know, did, you know, gatherings and stuff. We're not gonna be able to do that this year. So I've been corresponding with uh, the chairman of the Apache tribe. His name is Darrell Cooper, another young um, tribal leader. And they, you know, I'm always blown out of the water for how they do things. And, you know, maybe it's because their population might be lower or I don't know, but they were actually able to give these uh, cards to their, their members, whereas some tribes are still, you know, we've got like 500 cards that are just, they're, you know, gift cards essentially. So you just, you know, who needs them, pass them out. But, you know, we, we, we've been able to keep our records as far as contact updated, who's, who's lives where, because, you know, Indians, we move all the time, you know, sometimes they're staying with grandma, sometimes they're staying over here. But for the most part, a lot of them are, Pretty, pretty much, you know, living in the same place since last year. So um, one of the ways we're able to give assistance this year was through something similar like the Apaches did where they're able to give to their members without having to say, okay, here's a, a Visa card, you know, we're gonna mail it to you. There's actually a company that does it. They're, I think they're called Convenient Card and they're out of the, something kind of similar to that 184 loan for the Chickasaws or one of them that do that. So. And they 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 offer these services with uh, tribes in mind, like you know they're gonna the individual is gonna have to activate it with their last four of their roll number and maybe their date of birth, and you know just to go a little bit further, one of the options they said was you know do you want to allow ATM cash withdrawals, you know like a TANF, and I said, okay, well, and one of the reasons I said yes, you know, a lot of people said anybody could just take money off that card. And I told them, I said, well, what's the difference between, you know, it's supposed to be for food and for, you know, I think it was, let's see, for food and for not shelter, but I think, I believe it's for food is what we offer for our elders every month. And I just said, you know, what's the difference between us giving an elder their check, running to the casino, cashing it, putting 20 in a machine, they ran over to the bar other than us having that on camera, you know, like we have all of that on, on surveillance. So what is the difference between us sending out a card to a mother or whoever who, you know, wants to take her money off her card and say, oh, I'm just gonna withdraw the whole thing and I'll go to the grocery store, spend it however, do whatever, you know, maybe somebody's having a food sale and they buy five meat pies that day, who knows, you know, but that's not up to our discretion to make, it's just to make sure that we're able to provide those services and. And to me, that's just, that's only fair if we can do that because you go to our casino and you'll see just about every elder, you know, when those food checks come out, they're all in there having a good time. And you're like, hey, didn't we send those out for food? But I mean, that's just one of the ways I, I'd like to get our younger um, tribal members included in that. It's kind of, of a win-win when it goes back to the tribe though, right? You know, it is, but- <laughs> It is, but then your elders are still hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think too, I think that's a really important part of leadership is, is to understand that, yes, this money is for this, but you can't really, it's just like giving somebody 20 bucks. If I give you 20 bucks, I can't tell you how to spend that 20 bucks. 
that okay. you know that's the, the, here's your 20 bucks is it is it my 20 bucks or, or are you telling me how to spend it when you're, when you're trying are you, to, am i running an errand yeah. for you to get you something with this 20 kind of thing you when know you're, when you're trying to help people they've they've already spent their money doing a lot of this stuff i mean they they might have already bought you know a lot of people buy groceries in bulk go to go to sam's club and stock up for you know two or three weeks worth of food and uh you know they get this this other assistance when they've already spent their money on food then then yeah it shouldn't be a problem for them to spend this money uh -huh. on something else you know you know yeah and, th and that's what i think that the whole intention behind providing a service is is just to help our members you know we we can try to say it's for you know, like you said, for this or for that, but, you know, like I said, that ultimately that's, you know, us not, that's not what the intent was for providing the service. So, you know, I, 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 yeah. And so, you know, I think, you know, Darrell and them, they, they got a lot of good ideas as far as getting, you know, staying modern with the times, you know, I think, you know, the, that convenient card's a good idea because, you know, it allows you to personalize them and make sure that, you know, these, we have, we already have a database, you know, I'll say this, thousand times again but you know we've, we've been in discussion about the the medical marijuana industry for instance and you know in regards to us being a sovereign nation and how do we operate these um, tribal vehicles you know do we have to have a, a special tribal driver's license no we have an Oklahoma driver's license because we follow those state guidelines so with you know that logic in mind I'm thinking you know how can we as a, not only our tribes but everybody in Oklahoma, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where we already have all of the information to help provide, you know, whatever resources they might need, OMMA, whoever, to let our people have access to those type of, you know, like, um, like it used to be peyote back in the day, it was illegal, today it's not. You know, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, in moving forward, we're gonna be able to provide a lot more services to our people because we have a lot of the information that hundred years ago was seen as, no, you can't vote, you're an Indian. Well, today it's, you know, the opposite, you know, you're Native American, that's why you, you have this right or, you know, and I think that we should, all tribes should move forward with that in a way, you know, there's tribes like Washington that are already, that have compacts with the state and they know who their tribal members are and they're able to get them, you know, whether it's a medical card or whatever have you, because you know, they're staying current with the times and getting their people, you know, taken care of. I think is I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. And I one thing that I wish is I wish that our tribes here in Oklahoma had a better relationship with the state because we just don't. And I don't really know about that kind of partnership however state's making that a lot better right yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh he's he's doing something all right but uh you know how does how do you i i think that there are a lot of ways that that tribes especially west of 35 there are a lot of resources that we have and that are available to us that we could implement comprehensive grows that we could implement uh you know comprehensive structures for medicinal purposes for plants for agriculture really develop hemp 
and hemp construction products and hemp plastics and things like that. I've been saying it for a long time. The tribe that gets into hemp, like really, really gets into it and, and starts to produce and make uh, building materials and starts to build their houses out of this. I mean, it, they're, it's going to go off like gangbusters. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's just one of those things kind of like gaming, you know, it was at one time thought of as, oh, that's not going to take off, you know, and now look at, you know, where it's at today. And I think it's going to be one of those uh, areas that are going to probably have to be taken on gradually, but I think it'll be good for, I've actually looked up some of the Washington compacts and they're a lot similar to the, um, NIGC gaming compacts with the uh, intent to better the community, to use the resources for economic development and providing job opportunities. And you know, I think it's just one of those things where maybe when it sits out or I don't know, if, you know, what's going to take. But I think you know we could definitely get something done where you know all tribes are able to move forward and you know in that way because there's a lot of like businesses I believe that didn't even weren't even affected during the pandemic because they're if anything their sales were up and you know our casinos wasn't one of those areas because you know we like a lot of other tribes had to shut down I know there's still some in out west that are still shut down you know and they're like you know we're not going to open yet and it's I don't know it's it's just one of those things I think that you know the times are here and we need to get with them what 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 what's been the major hurdle in trying to get tribes involved in in the in the cannabis industry in some form or another because that includes hemp it includes medical marijuana the cbd the all that kind of stuff is it is it the elders like we're seeing with a lot of these tribes is it is it an old way of thinking um what is it that's holding everybody back because there's money to be made we oh, need yeah. to turn reefer madness into reefer gladness and and really uh, educate educate those elders about patient choice and and this is that's that's what this is it's it's medicinal and right. our people have been using it far beyond before it ever had a name or any of the slang names you know our people knew that that this was something holistic and that this was something that would help them you know, forever ago on the, on the plains and the prairie. So um, I think that if we really work to educate our, our elders in that group that, that was raised to can be conditioned to be so afraid of it, I think that would really work, work well. But there, there are a lot of those elders too, that was just like, forget all that. I'm going to, I'm going to participate and go get my card. There's a lot. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Like, um, my grandpa is actually going, he's getting ready to start uh, chemo. And so, you know, whenever you're doing that, you're sick and you feel horrible, but um, it, he's not even really, I don't want to say afraid or anything. Cause you know, you never really know when you're dealing with things like that, but I can definitely tell, you know, from when he was going through radiation before and you know, after getting his card, it, it's just like, you know, he was able to still eat and still function and you know yeah he lost his hair got skinny but after all that was done you know he was back to himself and he was just like you know i don't i didn't want to get on no no hard uh you know medicine medications that you know sometimes have really negative side effects and you know i I don't know i mean that that's another rabbit hole but i think you know back to thomas's question what what do we need to do to get this uh next generation 
yeah, I think it like it's just like COVID and everything else, just education, you know, but not only education, but educational sovereignty. Um, getting our people to understand that we hold the, you know, the our future in our hands. And it's not only our hands, but it's our, our youth's hands. And so and get it keeping that momentum moving forward. We're actually starting um in light of all this pandemic, we got a book project kind of going on in our district where we're going to purchase a, a, a series of books that are Native American illustrated. And what we want to do with those is distribute them to the families in the community. And it's not only just like any type of Native American uh, books, they're illustration that have like, they're particularly like, I think it's like, like Lakota tribe and a few other tribes, but it's like paint horse and things like that. Things that we've seen, but we never really seen in a book. Like I know when I was growing up, I read about Emily Elizabeth and Clifford the Big Red Dog. I never learned about, you know, why it's okay for Indians to have long hair or what it means to wear, have a star blanket. And ultimately our goal is to encourage reading, you know, throughout relatable stories with characters who our youth can identify with. Because when you read something, especially with your family or by yourself, um, you, you kind of have to have this like, uh, what would you call it? Like a some somehow to relate with whatever you're reading in it. And if you don't, then it's like, I don't want to read this. But I feel like that's all that's all what a lot of kids because I know when I grew up here in Clinton, we never had no material that to read that had any Native American anything in it. But you know, I think that if we're able to get something like this going in our communities, then it's gonna help prolong that uh, educational sovereignty because you know, it was somebody's idea for us to have a radio show, to have young leaders in there. Maybe it was in the 70s and the 80s. And, the, and during that time, they thought, no, no young kid will ever be interested or no, no, you know, younger people are going to be interested in having a radio show. It's just, you know, one of those things we're kind of moving with the times and, you know, showing our youth what their uh, capabilities are. And not only that, their self-efficacy, because, you know, we want our kids to have that mindset that, you know what, let's challenge the rhetoric. Let's let's change the the idea of thinking of what's possible for our people. And so a lot of people think, you know, oh, no, medical marijuana will never be nothing for the tribes. But at the same time, you know, it was, I remember growing up here and, you know, they were saying, you know, it would never be legal in Oklahoma when Colorado got it. And then, you know, here we are today. And hey, so- we thought we thought we'd be near the last. We thought we'd be one of the <laughs> very last states. We had a, we had a, kind of an ongoing over under at about 48, 49, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it, it's just kind of like one of those things is power in numbers and especially when people are ready to see change. And I know all of our Indian, Indian people in Indian country are ready because um, it's definitely a, a time to be excited. You know, I'm excited that we have a new president. And so I'm excited to see what, what's going to change. I'm excited about McGirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's huge. Well, and uh, you just you let us know if we can help you with any of the book, the book drives or reading to reading to young people or encouraging young natives to get into media or, you know, learning, learning how to express themselves and find their voices, because it's as 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 young natives, we had that um 
I guess the stifle effect where, where there were times where we could not say and what we, what we really wanted to do. And especially with tribes, there really isn't any freedom of press in tribes. And there's, you have to have, you have to be able to uh, want to make your stand and and know how to do that so we're in if you need our help for anything we're more than happy to to lend our voices to that and educational sovereignty absolutely i am all over that so you let us know however we can help you accomplish that so we're looking forward to that uh our guest today is travis ruiz he's a legislator of arapaho district two right uh with the cheyenne and arapaho or three i'm sorry district three uh (laughs) I'll get it right, Travis, I'm sorry. Uh, District three legislator. uh, And uh, if you want more information, uh, you can go on their website. Their website is very comprehensive about a lot of the things that they're doing. And uh, man, I just have to congratulate you on on your, your, your nation's quick response and how you guys have really continued to, uh, to, to function uh, during this time of COVID because it's been almost a year now and you can really tell uh, the the tribes that were a little bit better prepared within their programs to respond. And um, and I agree with you, you know, y'all, y'all are still looking for ways to expand on that. And those, those uh, essential businesses like uh, dispensaries, pharmacies, um, you know, I think that that's a really great thing for, for tribes. That's a good direction for tribes to go in. Uh, and, you know, I just want to say, you know, thank you to our, you know, other legislators and our executive team, you know, our, our governor, uh, Reggie Watson, and he has an awesome support staff who are always willing to you know, give their input and also, um, you know, they're the eyes and ears for where we can't be, you know, it takes a team, you know, like they say, teamwork makes the dream work. And, so we all have to work together, you know, everybody and, you know, all the trailers and everybody, you know, it's not just one person. I think, you know, we all have work, we all work good together. And, you know, I'm definitely thankful for everybody who helps make everything happen for us at, at the tribes and for all the surrounding tribes, because I see all of them, what they do. And, you know, I think we kind of just all, you know, help each other out, but, you know, that's good, you know, that, you know, those tribes are able to do that in that way. I think that's also a testament to younger leadership because the I noticed that you and Darrell and uh, like Sack and Fox, uh, Principal Chief Justin Wood, there there are several uh, of you younger leaders that that are more willing to work and that are more open minded um, instead of carrying all those old grudges that have that have historically held tribes back. Yeah, Indians all hate each other. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's good to it's good to see our young leadership putting all of that aside. So, Travis Reese, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to them damn Indians today. And uh, if anybody missed any of this episode, you can catch it wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go on our social media pages. We're posted later today. I'm Kelly with Thomas Ware the Third. We're the damn Indians. We're Talk Jive Radio. Have a great day, everyone. Peace.